Before we start the show, just a word from our sponsor, Undeniable Press. For all your screen printing needs, located in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. If you ever need any t-shirts or any other little promo accessories, posters, or whatnot printed up for you, go to Undeniable Press. They're located, once again, in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. And you can uh, reach them at facebook.com slash undeniablepressdetroit. And those same guys who do Undeniable Press also have a clothing line called 20 by 20 Apparel. It's very much wrestling themed. All sorts of nostalgic themes in regards to the history of wrestling. And you can go check out their clothing line at 20x20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20, apparel.com. Now let's start the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bummy, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yelling what it goes. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Welcome to the Fresh of the Word podcast, podcast about music, pro wrestling, and MMA. I'm your host, Kay Fresh. Like always, we have a great show for you. But before we get into it, definitely just want to remind you how you can support the podcast. You can always go to freshofthepodcast.com and just share any of the links from the website on your social media. That would be awesome. There's a link at the top that says support the podcast where you can donate via PayPal. There's also a Amazon link on that page that you can use anytime you want to make any Amazon purchases and they'll shoot back a little commission our way. doesn't change anything on your end, just helps out the podcast. You can also follow Fresh is the Word on Instagram and Twitter at Fresh is the Word one. That's Fresh is the Word, then the number one. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash Fresh is the Podcast. Give us a like. Shoot, shoot us a message. That would be cool. And then also, Fresh is the Word is available to subscribe on all sorts of platforms on the internet. You can go to Mixcloud, Soundcloud, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, all of them. Just uh, search Fresh is the Word and hit the subscribe button or the follow or whatever the term is on each platform and then you can also leave comments on all those go ahead and leave us a comment five stars whatever you know it'll help out the podcast this week's show we got a great guest this is like almost like one of those sort of childhood sort of geek out moments for me more like a teenage geek out moment for me this week's guest is the ROC, Detroit rapper, original member of the House of Crazies. 
now on the Magic Ninja Entertainment roster. I never got, I've never interviewed this guy before. I've interviewed everybody else pretty much from the Juggalo world, except for the ROC. So we kind of just go through his whole career, the ups and downs, why things happened, why the House of Crazies broke up, why that ended, you know, his relationship with uh, Jamie and Paul of Twisted. Uh, dude, we went through a lot of stuff, man. We talked for a while, and I was super geeked to finally talk with him. He has a new album out. It's called Digital Voodoo. It just came out recently on Magic Ninja Entertainment. It's awesome. It has a lot of great guest features. Definitely you should go out and check it out. I'm super, like, I, I'm, I'm a little flustered right now because I was so geeked to be able to do this interview. Okay, and then afterwards, and like always, I'm joined with my guest host, V Styles, for the Fresh of the Word discussion portion of the show, where we're going to talk about what's going on in the world of music and pro wrestling and MMA. we got a lot of stuff to talk about. So before we get into that, let's get into the interview with the ROC. All right, cool, man. We're here with the ROC, and just like for full disclosure, man, I got to tell you, like, I've been following your career since... You know, since you were actually, since the House of Crazies were in existence. When I was a teenager, I was listening to the House of Crazies. I had all the House of Crazies tapes. I had a couple t-shirts. Um, I had your solo uh, tape exposed. So okay. I, I've cool. been, I've been familiar with you for, for as long, for all that time, man. And like, this is like really cool to be finally talking with you. Nice. Awesome. Very cool, thanks. Yeah, very, very cool. Long career for a long time. Right. Damn, long, long time. Dude. Uh, <laughs> right. When you look back on those days uh, with the House of Crazies, you know, what, what pops out in your mind? You know, what were, what were your fondest memories of that time? I would say probably just me, Jamie, Paul hanging out, I would have to say, just us hanging out. It's just everything at that time was just so new, you know, so raw. Um, it was just such a building process. So there was, you know, there, there at that time really was no, um, it was just everything was its infancy. So, yeah. Uh, just, just you know, being able to grind, everything being so new to you, you know, your eyes are just so wide open, you know, uh, not being uh, jaded by anything or anything like that. It was just so raw. So I, I would have to say just, you know, um, just us us hanging out and, 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 you know, being in the studio and, and, and having that time to grind together. That's probably, you know, back in those HOK days, probably was like my favorite, you know, times. Right, definitely. You went, um, you went to Osborne High School, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Went to Osborne High School. Cool. There was other mm -hmm. uh, like Detroit rappers that went to school during that time, right? Yeah, it was me, Monoxide, and Sean. Um, we went to, uh, Osborne, uh, TNT also went there from Nottis. Yeah. Uh, my cousin evil, he went there. 
Um, and I think that was all amongst the ones that I really, really knew. I think that was about it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all went to school together and everything. Um, uh, high school together, stuff like that. So, and that, but that, but of course, that was before, you know, of course, everybody, we were kind of rapping, but nobody ever had anything, you know, there, there, there right. wasn't anything at that time. <laughs> there was nothing. No ROC, HOK, no ESHAM. There was no ICP. There was none of that at that time. That was just, you know, way, way back when. Right. You know, so. Yeah. How do you remember sort of the House of Crazies thing becoming, you know, getting started with you, uh, Jamie, and Paul? Well, it was me and my cousin. Uh, me and my cousin had a group first. And then uh, uh, we kind of, we, we were kind of the, we're kind of the motivators in our hood. We, we, we're, we're the ones who kind of, right. you know, we're, we're getting other people kind of started in music and everything. And so then you had other guys trying to pop up and do it. We're the first ones in our little section of the neighborhood that came out with a cassette tape and, and, and things like that. So we kind of got everybody else kind of motivated to do something. And Jamie and Paul were my best friends at the time, even though I rapped with my cousin and we had a group. Yeah. Jamie and Paul were my best friends. And me, Jamie, and Paul hung out a ton, but I had a group with my cousin. So uh, they were interested in getting some started, but kind of they, they didn't have really any real direction. They didn't really have anything. They didn't <laughs> really have anything. They have no direction or anything. But me and my cousin at that time, we're kind of getting out of the phase of doing things together and stuff like that. Um, we kind of had a little bit of a falling out. So me and him kind of split and started doing separate things. And at that time, that's when I went to uh, Jamie and Paul and said, Hey, you know, we should get a group. Let's let us three get a group together. So that's kind of how House of Crazies formed. I don't remember. I'm a, I think Jamie came up with the name and, stuff like that, you know, name the group and stuff like that. Of course, I was the one doing all the music and stuff like that. And it just kind of fit. It just kind of, you know, us three fit, especially because we were friends already too. Right. Uh, so that helped huge, but yeah, it just fit, man. And, and yeah, I was the crazies at that time was, was born. So. Right. And the, um, the album that you you know talk about doing with your cousin, that's the Rolling with Strength album, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. No. Yeah. Ishan produced that. Um. What you know? What were some of your memories about making that album? That was pretty interesting because again, <laughs> for me, that was my really uh, just me getting started. You know, and I listened to that album probably. I would say some years ago, listen to it, and, and, you know, you get that stuff in your first stuff, and you're like, <laughs> why did I do that? <laughs> why did I do that? And you're like, oh, my God, that sucks. But it's great at the same time right. because it gives you 
there is no good without bad. And I, and I tell people that I know that kind of sucks to say, but you know, that's just kind of the way things go, you know? So everybody starts from somewhere, you know, most guys you may just hear right off the rip being uh, great at the, at the craft. They may, you may hear them that way, but trust me before that, they were no good at the craft. It's just not documented. Right, right, you know right. I mean? <laughs> so, so for me, mine is documented to where, wow, you really weren't that good at your craft. You know, not that I'm the best at the craft now, but I'm a lot better than what I was back in the rolling with strength days. But that was, like I said, it, 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 it was really cool. It was nice, you know, coming out with a cassette and then Eshan producing the actual title track rolling with strength for yeah. the album. Yeah. Uh, for the, uh, the, the EP that we, me and my cousin did, he actually produced that song. So we went over to his house and uh, recorded that song for the uh, cassette and everything. But um, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, it, it, it was really, really, really the beginning that, that, that was that, that was the spark for me you know, getting me started and everything. So, yeah, yeah, it was, it was cool. It was cool. Right. That was a really cool time. Uh, when you kind of think about it, uh, there was like this sort of niche of artists during that time of the early 90s, you know, whether it's, you know, people that were related to like your brother or your cousin, and then you had mm-hmm. like the, the Nautis, the Isham, the ICPs, and and kind of all knew each other or kind of worked with each other, grew up, you know, went to school with each other. You know, what was that sort of time like when there was sort of like this little community of people kind of doing music that was different than everybody else? Yeah, that that was the most interesting part. You know, and and of course I can't speak on behalf of all the other artists, but for me it was – Every you know rap was in one in, in 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 one place, going one direction. Rap right. was okay. Rap was doing this. So for me, it was great that we, not just because I'm just doing it because I'm being an asshole. <laughs> that that wasn't the point for me, but we were going in the other direction. You guys are all gonna go that way. We're gonna go this way you know you guys want to go in that way we're going to go this way you know this is the way i want to go because everybody else is going this way i want to go this way you know so that's kind of what i loved about our little subculture at that time it's not so sub anymore you know a lot lot of people a lot 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 more people know about it now right you know but at that time Nobody really knew about it. It was just, again, it was in its infancy. It was so small, and it was just real fun. You know, us just kind of, you know, us kind of just grinding and and, and really the world itself not knowing about, you know, our little subculture of music. So that was, that was, uh, it, it was really, really a fun time back then. And... I can honestly say that it was a fun time back then because like people say in high, in hindsight, everything, you know, 2020, right. everything. So yeah, back then 
I can't say it was super fun because you really wanted to, I want to, I, I, I really want to be huge and I wanted to do something. <laughs> and then it didn't do that. So you were like, fuck, shit, damn, you know what I mean? So you're cursing up a storm at that time. Right, you know? right. But now you look back and you're like, oh, I miss those times. I miss those times, man. I mm. tell you, it, it was it was such a good time. It really was such a great, great time. During yeah, during that time, sort of like, it's arguably to say that House of Crazies, you know, along with Eshan Minotis and ICP, were sort of like the big three of that sort of corner of the music scene. You know, like kind of at the 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 top of the house of crazy's popularity around here. Like how did, how did that feel? You know, what was like sort of your vision of that time when you guys were probably the most popular, you know, probably I would say around maybe the season of the pumpkin outbreed sort of era. That'd probably be the, you know, time yeah. to probably say. Right. Um, yeah, that was, uh, you know, that was, uh, a, um, it, it really, it felt, it felt great. It, it did. It felt great, and we, we really, um, you know, we really put in, you know, the work to try and be, uh, you know, as, uh, you know, sell as many records or more, you know. Uh, daily, you know, every time we came out with something, we did things to try and, you know, do better, you know, and do better the next time. Okay. And the next time do better. But again, we were so young, you know, we just really didn't have any direction, right? We didn't have any direction. There were, there was no management, you know, there was a guy named Walt. Yeah. He uh, is the one who invested in us. That's the one that you always hear in the record, Uncle Creepy. You know, that's who we used to, that was kind of AKA Walt Uncle Creepy. He's, he's the guy who invested in us. And, um, you know, he really didn't even know business, music business, I, I should say. Yeah. He, he yeah. really, he, he didn't know music business. And then actually he really wasn't that great of a businessman. You know, he had a lot of, uh, a lot of hangups. He never, ever, ever, ever trusted the music business enough to really get into it. He didn't have the time or anything like that. So he would just give us a couple of dollars. So we kind of had to do things ourselves. So it's kind of a, so it's kind of a hard, long, hard, long road when it came to the, you know, the business aspect. But every time we did, we wanted to do better. We wanted to do better. And our popularity constantly rose and it constantly, you know, people started to kind of know us more and more. And it felt good. Felt good. Felt felt really, really good. And it was really nice because I truly at that time was really getting recognized for more of, you know, me doing being you know me writing yeah and also yeah. writing the music right you know so roc really became you know like wow you know you're pretty good you know you're pretty <laughs> talented and that's the thing it was just it was nice it, it, it was so it was so cool it was just like all right it's nice to be recognized and noticed you know it's just like 
yeah, man, you know, you're doing something right, you know, so it was good. Right. Yeah. During that, during that house of crazies time, was there any sort of time or moment or event that happened that even though the house of crazies thing would eventually end, like, was there any sort of moment or event where it's just like, you know what, I might be able to do this music thing for a while, or I might be cool, Jamie might be cool, Paul might be cool, we might all be cool, even if this thing doesn't last, as, you know, last forever. Well, for, for me, I always felt that way because I was a solo artist before there was a House of Crazies. Yeah. Before Jamie and Paul even had a rap group. So for me, I always felt like that. I just always felt better in a group setting. That's why there's such, that was why there's such a gap between me doing solo projects because I care, but I don't care. I'd rather do a group thing. Like, hell yeah, me and uh, Blaze forming Zodiac imprint or me and Twisted House of Crazies or, 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 or me, Scraps and Freeze and my brother, Will, uh, you know, YUG doing, you know, level jumpers. I, I, I like, I love the group setting. Right. I, I love group settings because I like being in and doing production and and then writing and then having other guys vibe with me and write and things like that. So I, I kind of like that process of it. But I've always felt like I could do it on my own. You know, I, like I said, I was an artist before HOK, you know, and I knew I could be an artist after HOK. Right. Did I really want to be a solo artist after HOK? Not really. You know, that's why went from that to half breed, you know, with me and scraps, you know, I did that whole thing, you know, it was just always, like I said, I, I liked being in the group setting. Right. So for me, yeah, I knew, I kind of knew always I could do a solo thing, you know, continue without the group, you know, so. Right. I, um, you know, I've heard uh, Jamie and Paul's, uh, you know, they've told me stories about, the sort of transition from the House of Crazies to what they're doing, you know, what was, you know, what was sort of your take about why the House of Crazies thing ended? And was there any sort of hard feelings towards Jamie and Paul during that time? Yes. Yes. There were super hard feelings towards Jamie and Paul. Okay. There were super hard feelings towards Jamie and Paul, not because of the ending of House of Crazies. Who cares? Yeah. The friendship was the part that got me. That was the part that got me. I don't care about the group. Right. I know people, oh, man, but that's everything to us. That's everything to you guys. For me, everything to me was Jamie and Paul. Those are my best friends that I grew up with since I was a little kid. So when that split, our friendship split. So it was just like Brian didn't get to hang out with his best friends for years. That was the part that got me. So, yeah, it was a huge gap for me there, huge gap for me in that time, you know, that I didn't get to hang out with my two boys, you know, because like I said, the music thing can end for me today, but I'm just happy that I get to still, hey, go to birthday parties, hey, we're having barbecue, hey, me, come on through, hang out, hey, <laughs> it's great that way, you know what I mean, the music part, whatever. You right. know, music part, because again, like I told you, I knew I could survive without Jamie and Paul musically. Right. I can be a solo artist, you know, not that, you know, um, 
you know, not that, and of course, as you see now, they could too. <laughs> they could do. They're twisted now. Right. And of course, I could survive without them, you know, and they can survive without me. But it was just the friendship part of it. That's the part that got me the most. As far as all the other group stuff and, you know, uh, Paul and Jamie wanted to kind of go off because I had different aspirations for the group and then they kind of had different aspirations for the group and, and no, nobody really, okay, well, no, okay, well, no. I mean, you can even tell in the music that we're totally different from each other. Right. We are. Listen to Twisted and you listen to ROC, it's totally different. <laughs> Not that I think well, what they're doing is, man, no, that sucks. Or they think, oh, no, wait, Brian, go on, it sucks. No, it's just you get to that point to where you're, boom, boom, and all in years you're doing music together, boom. Boom, everybody heads. And, 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 okay, you know what? That's enough budding heads. Okay. So instead of us breaking musically and doing something separate and still being friends, everything just broke. Music and friendship. And, you know, at that time, you know, you know somebody that long, it kind of almost gets, it's in that. It, it, it's kind of almost out of that phase of friendship to where it becomes more as and a lot of people they use that word lightly nowadays it becomes family. Right. You know, so it's almost past the friendship. Like Jamie and Paul, that's like my family. Like it's past friendship. Like we're almost like we're over 30 years deep being friends, you know, so it's that, that gets to being almost family. You know what I mean? Right. So that's, that's kind of, what it was, it was just everybody wanted to do something different. Everybody was their own separate entities, their own separate. Okay. Yeah. Um, so everybody kind of did their own little things and stuff like that. Um, uh, and like I said, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I encourage that. I think it's, uh, I think it's healthy. Uh, like, Hey, you know, when Jamie did the solo uh, record and, Monoxide did the solo record. Sometimes it's good to do that. You need that. Yeah. You know, because guys have little different ideas and things they would do that somebody else don't want to do. You know, no one should ever take it that personal. You know what I mean? Right. Never take it that personal. <laughs> you know, you shouldn't. You shouldn't take it that personal. It's, it's it's okay for guys to do, you know, something a little different sometimes. Keeps keeps the flavor, man. Keeps it mixed up. Yeah. You know, so when do you think uh sort of like things within the group were sort of breaking down? Was it during like outbreed? Was it during head trauma? When do you think it was starting to break down? No, it never broke down until after we got off the ICP tour. Okay. That's when it broke down. After the ICP tour again, it was just everybody just kind of got to that point to where we wanted different things and it just split. Just wanted different things and it just split. You know, everybody wanted something different. You know, I wanted something different. And I believe Jamie wanted something different and Paul wanted something different, but they weren't willing to be different apart. They would rather be different together. So that's what led them to to stick together. Right. You know, because um, me, I had, you know, shit equipment and I was ROC. <laughs> I was already RLC. I was RLC before I was the greatest. I was the first one that went on tour with ICP was ROC. It wasn't House of Crazies. 
it was ROC. Twisted, really, at that time, uh, ICP didn't want a House of Crazies. They wanted ROC. So at that time, I was already who I was. I was already ROC, you know. So, um, you know, so for me, they were like, everybody was like, well, shit, he's good. He's doing whatever he's doing. Whatever he's doing. You know, we need to stick together and do what we got to do. So right. they stuck together and did what they have to do. You know what I mean? So like I said, that's the only crappy part is it just, the friendship didn't stick together. But that makes you a true believer if it's whatever's meant to be, man, it's meant to be. If they were that much of your family or that much of your boys, where are they? They would be here. And where are they? They're here. <laughs> where are they? Right. They're here. Right. Where are they as far as music-wise? Hey, they just signed their boy and put their boy out an album put their brother out an album. You know what I mean? So if it's meant to be, it was meant to be. It must have been meant to be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So that's kind of how I look at those types of things. You know, so. That, yeah. um, why do you, you know, why do you pinpoint that ICP tour as like that time? Was it like that you guys were going to all these cities and just seeing new things and it was kind of expanding sort of your ideas and minds? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that was ICP's first ever big tour. That was their first ever tour like that. That was their first ever tour that we went out on. But they, but it, but like I said, it just kind of wasn't a House of Crazies thing. They didn't want House of Crazies. They wanted ROC. Uh, so that's why ROC went out on tour. And basically what I did was convince them to, hey, let my two homies come for – uh, hype man purposes. Let them be my hype man, which yeah. they weren't because we ended up doing HOK anyway. <laughs> because again, for me, that's how bad I wanted the group to succeed. Right. It wasn't. It was never about me. It was never about me. It was never just about them too. It was about the HOK group. That's what it was about. And that's just me more of a group setting guy. Like I said before, I'm a group setting guy rather the group than just me being out there in the forefront and, you know, whatever else I'd rather the group succeed. So yeah, that, that's what it was, was ICT's, you know, first, you know, big tour and, you know, uh, I forgot what tour it was, but, um, that was their first big thing. So yeah, we were just out doing the country, running, running the country. And, uh, uh, and, and, uh, performing, you know, out performing, you know, for the first time on stages is house of crazies, you know? So it was cool. It was cool for a bit, you know, but it just got to that point where we were like, you know what? We want better. We want better. We right. want, we want more. We want better. We need to just do our thing. We need to do our thing ourselves. You know, so then that's when we, you know, kind of like, okay. And then, like I said, it just kind of split, you know, it just kind of split. And that was the end of HOK, the birth of Half-Breed, and the birth of Twisted. Right, you know, right, right. That was just the birth of of those entities, you know, so. 
How are you? Uh, how are you able to sort of mend your uh, friendship or your relationships with Jamie and Paul after you know however many years it was? You know, it's weird because the day that we started talking again, it just. I don't know. The day we started kind of, you know, uh, uh, you know, got back to talking to each other, it just kind of, I don't know. It just kind of fit. It just kind of worked. I don't know. There were, there was no awkwardness. I I don't know. It was just almost like shit never skipped a beat. Almost like it never skipped a beat. Yeah. You know, it just kind of worked. It just kind of was like, oh, hey, yeah, and um, and yeah, yeah. So see, that's like a sign of okay, guys, man, we we really have and have a you know great, great, great friendship, a great a, a, a great thing amongst us, of course. Nobody hangs out with each other like we used to when we were kids. Everybody got wives, families, and kids, and yes. houses, and, and, and responsibilities, and all the rest of that stuff. It's totally different. We don't hang out with each other like that no more. So it's, 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 it's huge gaps between the times we get to see each other, you know, um, uh, things like that. But, again, it's just good. It's just good. It's really good to have, uh, you know, have that type of, uh, you know, friendship. Because it's like nowadays, you know, man, people are friends, you know, a couple of years. And, and I read on Facebook that, uh, you know, hey, and on Snapchat, he said I was a bitch. And they've been friends for like a year and a half, and all of a sudden they're done. There really are these 30-year friendships <laughs> more with how crazy social media is and all that stuff nowadays. Right. It's just not any long friendship. So it's special. It's, it's, it's pretty cool, man, to have friends uh, that last, you know, more than a decade, you know, Blaze and, and, uh, and Madrox and, you know, us having that long, long friendship. It's really, really nice, you know, so. Right, right. Great. Yeah, after the, um, after the House of Crazies thing ended, you, uh, you did a House of Crazies album with, um, with Scraps, and then you did a, this uh, house project with a bunch of different artists. And then you uh, would go into the half breed, the level jumper stuff, virus independence, mm-hmm. you know, sort of that yeah. block of your career. You know, you know, how do you, you know, when you look look back upon it, you know, how do you feel about that time? You know, the sort of, you know, after the House of Crazies well, time period. Well, for me, it was it was. Uh, OK, the after Twisted Left. Uh, the the house of house of crazies thing the scribes did you could just shoot me because that was dumb that <laughs> <laughs> was just stupid it really was it was dumb it's just like and and, and honestly for for, for the, the reason why it was done because yeah. the, the guy Walt was giving us money right he said look. You know, hey, I don't care that those two guys are gone. I don't care. I don't, I don't care that those two guys are gone. You know, we're going to do HOK, and that time, I was like, no, no. They're, they left. They're gone. I don't talk to them no more. We don't know anything. No. We need to come up with something different. He said, no. 
I won't put any money into anything different. That's what's going to sell. That's what's going to do it for us. It's also crazy. So we kind of went over that, me and uh, Walt, for a little bit. And, and I, made him a, I made him an offer, and I said, okay, we'll do House of Crazies one more time. After that, we're done. Right. We changed the name. Okay. Okay. So we did the, the House of Crazies, me and Scraps, and I they came home. You know, pretty cool record. I, I have to admit, it's not bad. Yeah. It's just, it wasn't House of Crazy. Right. It should have never been done. Should have just automatically came out with something different. That's like them leaving and saying, we're going to be House of Crazies. No, they should have been something different. Right. Because they weren't House of Crazies without ROC and vice versa. House of ROC should have did something different because there is no House of Crazies without uh, Tech Tech and Mr. Bones. Right. So, you know, it should have been that way. So we did that. Okay. All right. Now that's done. <clears throat> we work on something new. Again, I get into it with the investor. Again, no, no, don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. At that time, <clears throat> I'm like, okay, okay. So again, we run into this problem. So, okay, what if we chopped off the uh, crazies and made it just the house? I got a few other people rapping with me or whatever the case may be. <laughs> well, okay. Which, again, was bullshit. <laughs> okay. So we're just going to just chop off the end and pretend it spelled it, spell it different just to pretend it's something different. Shoot me again. It's like, okay, man, it should have been something different from the fucking get-go. Wasting money. Right. Wasting money. <laughs> so then we did that. We did the project. And then again, got to the point, okay, no, no, okay, we need to just do House of Crazies. And then I remember the day I was, uh, he was converting, he was having a house converted, Walt, yeah. for us into an office slash studio. He was converting a house for us. Yeah. And uh, I remember and we were talking and me, him, and Scraps were in there, we were talking and we were kind of, you know, whatever, and, you know, talking and stuff like that. And I remember him just saying, no, no, we just need to do a house of crazy thing. And I remember standing there and I just kind of stared off. And I said, the only way you're going to get away from that is if you do basically what they did. That was just what's in my head. I'm like, I got to walk away. So I said, okay. I didn't even say, okay. I just turned and I walked out and I left and I never came back. Right. Scraps called me, I think, the, that night, the next day that night, and was like, hey, what happened? You know, what's going on? Uh, he said, uh, you ain't coming back, are you? I said, no. He said, I'm done. He was like, well, me neither. And that's <laughs> when we formed our virus independent thing and stuff like that. I said, I know it's going to be super hard. We don't have any money, things like that. But, you know, it's going to take us longer to scrape up a couple of dollars to save, you know, um, scrape up a couple of dollars to save, but we can do it and we can just do our own thing, our, our half-breed thing. So that's when we kind of got into doing the half-breed thing, virus independent, reform virus and stuff like that. I started doing the half-breed thing. Um, <clears throat> and then it went to level jumpers and, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, it was, it, it was, it was really, a chaotic time for me. I can't say it was all that fun for me. Right. 
it was it was very chaotic for me because <clears throat> again with no uh Mr. Bones and Hectic there for me it was just like I was kind of like like this is all weird this is not right this is supposed to be house of crazies right you know all this all these years is supposed to be house of crazies but for uh so so instead of me you know really focusing on be it if I was doing a group or if I was doing a solo thing instead of me focusing on doing a group or a solo thing I was just kind of free floating it was just kind of free floating you know there was no focus on one thing I was just free floating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna do uh, House of Crazies. Me and Scraps. Okay. Now um, we're gonna do House. Okay. Scraps. Let's do Half Breed. All right. We're gonna go to Level Jumpers. And you know, so it was just kind of more of a free floating thing for me. You know, instead of me focusing and just saying, you know what, I'm just gonna do ROC. I'm just gonna push, promote. You know, do the whole ROC thing from here on out. You know, uh, if I do a group, it'll be a little side project, but the main focus is ROC. I, I didn't do that. When there was no group, I just kind of was like, yeah, I might do some production and maybe, right. and I don't know, I might do a little something solo, maybe. Because I, I, mean, I was like, yeah, whatever, whatever. You know, it was just like, well, whatever thing. But it was, it was such a chaotic time doing all those projects for me. Not that I hated it and, not that they sucked. It was just a chaotic time mentally for me. Right, know, it was right. so chaotic mentally, you know. Yeah, after that, you would, um, you would, you know, start being Blaze's hype man and then even be on a few of his uh, songs on the Clockwork Gray EP. And then you even had your own EP, Welcome to the Dark Side, on, uh, on a psychopathic uh, sub-label, uh, Hatchet House. Then there was supposed mm -hmm. to be a Zodiac imprint uh, album also, but that never happened. You know, that seems like a little bit of a weird time too. Uh, you know, being a part of this uh, yeah. psychopathic sub label. What, what was kind of going on during that time? Yeah, that that uh, <clears throat> yeah. When I was when I was doing the when I was doing Blaze's hype man thing, we just we thought it would be something, you know, cool. Like holy shit, you know, like wait a minute. That's ROC, right? Right. You know, like ROC is late. It's like, man, that, what? The chemistry, huh? That's like, that's like oil and water, those two. They don't even, they're not nothing the same. You know, we just thought it would be something cool, something different. And then it would be, it was, it was cool too, because there's somebody up there, you know, somebody's up there, you know, with Blaze, you know, being the hype man. So we thought it'd be something cool. So that whole thing, you know, went out. And then, you know, me kind of doing a little bit of spot plugs on some of his uh, some of his music and things like that, too. Incorporated a bit. So we thought that would be neat. And then um, also rolling off into it being to the point to where, okay, it being a group. You know, like, what? Like, it's your group. Like, again, like water and fucking oil. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, the group? Like, okay. Well, we don't know what that's going to be like, but hey, okay. You know. Um, uh, but yeah, me doing, you know, the solo project, Welcome to the Dark Side, and, you know, getting to the Zodiac imprint, uh, possibly us getting into the Zodiac imprint thing. For me, at that time, when I did Welcome to the Dark Side, 
And then it got to the point to where, you know, I kind of, a little before that record, and then, you know, we're going to possibly work on the Zodiac thing. My whole personal life fell apart. Mm-hmm. You know, wife, kids, everything just crashed. Boom. It was just like, whoa, whoa. Um, that's when my life truly, I thought it was chaotic when, you know, there was no R- uh, ROC Hectic and Mr. Bones, you know, no Hectic Mr. Bones ROC. There's no Mr. Bones Hectic ROC. There's no, no else are crazy. I thought it was chaotic then. Right. When my personal life fell apart, oh, that was true chaos. That was truly me just staring off into space. I was a zombie. Right. I was a zombie. I was a total zombie. I didn't want to do no music. I didn't want to. I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to do anything. My whole existence was falling apart. You know everything. You know you work hard for. You know everybody's got their reasons. Me, it's my family. You know, I love my family. You know, my that's my family. That's my my family. You know, that's why I took it again so hard when Jamie and Paul split because of the music part. You know, I don't care about that stuff. It's great. It's cool. That's extra shit that we get to do. But our friendship, to me, was bigger than that. It's bigger than the music for me. And I don't mean bigger as far as, you know, I don't care. I would destroy all their stuff. as like, I can't do that. That's it's a livelihood. You know, right. I would never do anything like that. You know what I mean? That, nothing destroyed a livelihood, but it's just friendship. So uh, uh, the family, it means a lot. So for me, my whole world slipped upside down. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to do anything. And for me, I knew there was still music somewhere. It just, there's no way it can materialize. I can't think of anything. There's no future for me. So instead of me saying, hey, uh, I'm taking hiatus from music, I said, I'm retiring. I'm done. I don't want to do nothing. You know, somebody could ask me, hey, do you want something to eat? Fuck food. I'm retiring from food. I don't want to eat nothing. You know, you could ask me anything. I don't want to do anything because, again, I was destroyed. So it was that that killed a Zodiac imprint. You know, that killed Zodiac imprint when it, when it was supposed to be years and years ago, you know. So that killed Zodiac imprint. That killed anything more on the sub-label, Hatchet House for ROC or anything like that. None of the guys couldn't understand it. The guys couldn't understand it, um, meaning, you know, uh, Violent J. Yeah. He couldn't understand. He couldn't understand well we brought you out here on this uh tour the stark Otis tour and you're, you're okay well why'd you even come out he couldn't understand blaze couldn't understand blaze couldn't understand you know like man we had we had something going and now you're queen nobody could understand the uh the uh, i guess you the, the pain the the mental shit I was going through at that time. They just didn't get it. Just like, what? You know, you're, 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 you're about to throw all this away. You know, and I didn't give a shit. I didn't care. 
I right. didn't care. I didn't care. I wasn't reckless. I didn't go out. I'm going to go on this drinking binge and drugs and nothing like that. That was never my style. You know, I just had to sit and regroup and, 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 and stay connected to home. No touring, no nothing like that. Stay connected to home to be able to get my shit together, to be able to get ready to go through a divorce and, and, and having uh, 50-50 custody of my kids and things like that. So it's like I had to prepare for that mentally. I had to get myself ready for all those things that were about to hit me. So that kind of killed Zodiac and, and anything like that. That kind of killed all of that. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, eventually, thankful, <laughs> things got back on track eventually for me. So I started to kind of mess in the studio a little bit here, a little bit there, and kind of a few things and messing with some stuff. And, okay, now, you know, the kind of the d- divorce phase is, you know, over and, you know, things are kind of getting back on track for me. Right. You know, and I knew eventually I'd come back to doing, you know, some music again. It's just part of me. It's just what I loved when, you know, maybe, you know, even like I say, even if I wasn't a rapper, you know, doing the rap thing, doing the hip hop thing, I, I still would, I still would do the music part of it, the musical writing. Yeah. I, I just love doing music, the music aspect of things. You know, so. Yeah. After all of that, when do you, you know, when did you really feel like you were back? When you felt comfortable to be back into music? Hmm. I would probably say, huh. I would probably say probably a couple of years ago. I would say really comfortable enough to say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I think I'm ready to actually do a uh, record and things like that. I, I would say a couple of years ago, um, um, a few years ago, you know, Twisted were they were getting. Um, their label started, Magic Ninja Entertainment. And um you know, they were like, Yeah, man, you know, we 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 gonna we're gonna do this thing. We're gonna do this thing, B. You know, we're gonna do it. You know, and you know, we definitely, you know, want you know, you put something out, ROC solo and we wanna do something with the Zodiac imprint thing, you know, you and Blaze and things like that. And you know, we we gonna we gonna do it. Right. You know, we really gonna put something together. We're gonna do it. So, you know, that right there probably was when I really felt like, okay, now it's time to, uh, you know, get prepared in the coming years for me to work on, you know, truly get in the hunt to work on music again, truly get in the zone to where, okay, ROC is attempting to be relevant you know, from irrelevant to relevant again, you know, it's time for me to, okay, step out of that, you know, uh, out of that shadow or, you know, out of the kind of the background of things and, you know, I'll see to be at the forefront. So I would say a few years ago, it really started to get to that point to where it was was getting getting it for me to be comfortable enough to step into the, the light of music you know, to do, uh, you know, the music thing again. So, and, and, and again, I, you know, I, I love it. 
I love it. And I love it, too, because, again, I get to do it with guys who I grew up with. Right. You know, doing it with. So it's nice. It is. It's, it's, it's really cool. Really, really cool. Yeah, because, um, yeah, with this Magic Ninja Entertainment thing now, it's pretty much like, you know, the old bands back together, you know, Jamie, Monoxide, Blaze, the ROC, they were all in the same place mm-hmm. at the same time now. You know, how do you know how does that feel just to be like able to, you know, everybody's older and wiser now, and you get to do what you love with all your old friends again. Yeah, and that's the part, like I said, that's awesome because we get to kind of just, you know, again, you get to kind of do it with the guys you grew up with. You do it with the guys, you know, you you know, you know, grew up with the guys you came up with. And everybody has that mutual, you know, mutual respect for one another. You know, and of course, and it does, you know, it helps you too. You know, you're not kids no more and anything like that. Right. And, and, you know, you can, you can call anybody uh, for, for help or anything that you need uh, anytime and, it is. It's, it's, it's really, it's really cool. Um, and when you look back on that story, you know, from where, you know, we came from to where we are, um, you know, it's huge. People always say, and, and, and you see this a lot, especially with nowadays with the whole psychopathic and M&E thing. Yeah. You know, hey, you wouldn't be shit without, you guys wouldn't be shit without ICP. Twisted wouldn't be, ROC wouldn't be shit without Twisted and, and ICP. I wouldn't be shit without my parents either. That <laughs> don't make anything, dude. It doesn't, of course. Right. I like, I needed everybody. I needed some of Yisham. I needed some of ICP. I needed some of Twisted. So, what's your point? <laughs> you know, and you, you know, so you keep that mutual respect for all of those people. Yeah. You know, you do, you keep your mutual respect for all those people. Of course I wouldn't be anything without my homies. Of course I wouldn't be anything without Twisted. And my people, that's my family, man. Of course I would. Of course, you know, it, it wouldn't be as sweet if you didn't have the people to compare, let's say, ROC to. It wouldn't be that dope if you didn't have, well, at least, you know, well, I think Twisted's doper than you, ROC, because you got it. It's great that you have it to compare to. So, of course, I wouldn't be shit without them, you know, or compare it to Twisted's ICP or ICP to ROC or Esham to Nottis or Nottis to Twisted. Or, it's great having all those. So, of course, any of us, it's great that, all of us are there, and you guys get to compare. So, of course, any of us wouldn't be shit without each other. Right. It's great. It's just what it is. It's what our culture of, of, of us in our little pod before all these people even knew. <laughs> it was the great part about it because it, it all kind of bounced and fed off each other even in a competition way, not that we were all homies and we all hung out nice. We didn't. We did not not like each other, but we didn't like each other. It wasn't like we were homies and great and cool. No, it was competition. Yeah. It was competition. That's what it is. Rap is competition. Right. I want to be better than Twisted. I want to be better than Blaze and, and, and Lex and Gmo and <laughs> Gorilla Voltage and Boondocks and AMB and Young Wicked. I want to be better than everybody. 
you know, of course you do. It's competition. Not that you are, and not that you ever will be better, ROC, than all those people that you name. But you don't go around thinking that, you know, man, I suck. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just, you don't do that. It's just not a part of it. So, you know, for definitely, you know, uh, we all, you know, kind of have that, you know, yeah, man, it's great us being together. It's just great. It's just our story. You know, it's our, it's our story. It's our history. Long 30 years, you know? So it's great, you know, being like you said around all the, you know, yeah, to get the camaraderie and, you know, you get to just do what you do with the people you came up with. So it's awesome. Right. Really, really awesome. Right. Yeah. Just a couple more questions, just to wind down this interview. Uh, when you kind of, uh, you know, now that you're a part of the Magic Ninja Entertainment, you know, in the fold with that, you know, what's sort of like the, you know, day-to-day operations working with everybody over there? And, you know, how does that compare to, you know, working with everybody you did, you know, back in the day, in the House of Crazies days? Um, well, for, for, for me, it, it's definitely, definitely different. Because back in those days, the focus for me at that time was really uh, music, 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 music. There was no other focus. Now I'm older. I'm an old man. So now ROC has so many other focuses. The focus is really not just music, 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 music. Even though, yeah, you still got that fire burning and it's always music, 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 music. But a lot of it is not that a lot no more. So it's a lot different. The day-to-day process, you know, for me, I try to get in the studio daily. You know, me and Blaze right now working on the new Zodiac imprint, things like that. So, you know, get in, do some writing things like that, some uh, uh, production, you know, rearrangement, arrangement of some of the tracks and things like that. So I try to get in daily to do a little bit. Yeah. Um, You know, daily to do a little bit. Um, But uh, uh, the daily day, day to day process of uh, daily process of things, uh, it's just, it's, it's still that grind, you know, it's still that work, it's still that grind. You know, um, I have, you know, but now it's like, you know, hey, uh, we, we have a, we have our office. We have the, um, you know, we have the dojo, that studio, and my studio, and I've always called it this for years and years, is 46 Galaxy, so I also have my own studio. <laughs> so me, I do a lot of work at home. It's, it, it's rare that I go up to the dojo to work. You know, sometimes I'll pop up there to do a little bit of work, but them guys, you know, you pop up there, <clears throat> they got, you know, the office is there, you know, the, the warehouse is there. They're always working. They're always working. There you go. They're always, they're always working and doing whatever. And, you know, guys are on the phones and computers and <laughs> shipping orders. And they're, you know, they're always working, you know, they're always grinding and doing something. And me, you know, like I said, I try to get in, daily to do something, you know, music wise, getting to do something music wise, hone my craft a little bit more and uh, learning things. Even at this age, I still got a lot to learn and I still 
soak it in like a sponge, like I'm a kid. Yeah. I just soak it in and I try to learn a lot. But it, it is it's that day day to day grind still. You know, it's that day to day grind. You know. Your uh your first full length album with uh Magic Ninja, Digital Voodoo, uh came out earlier this year. You know, what was sort of your thought process going into making this album when you were figuring out what you wanted to do for it? Um the digital voodoo for me, <clears throat> what I wanted to do with the album, I kind of wanted to make it a, it almost sounds, you know, with so many features on it, it almost sounds like a compilation project. That was my thought many years ago when on Psychopathic that I wanted to do for digital voodoo. I wanted to kind of make it that, um, you know, it has some solo songs to feature ROC. Yeah. But then I got a lot of songs that features a lot of other different artists. That was always my aim for the digital voodoo record. Right. Um, you know, it was always my aim. And and um I I I I always liked that. And the reason why I like that. Like, I got that, you know, for me, I got that from how Dr. Dre's albums were, the Chronics. Right. The Chronic album. First Chronic, and then, you know, the 2001 Chronic. You know, it was Dr. Dre presents Chronic. Yeah. You know, it was him, you know, whatever. But he had, like, a lot of, you know, dope-ass features with Lady of Rage or Daz, Corrupt, Snoop, or RBX. You know, just different people. Okay. Always different people. You know, plugging in. You know, just different people, and 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 and, and this collage and hodgepodge of artists coming together to form such a really cool, really cool album to just listen to. You know, a really cool album to listen to, and that's like was always my vision as well. Like, yeah, man, I want to. You know, I, I, I don't mind. Again, that's cool that the focus is on me, but I like the fact that, you know, you get this hodgepodge of artists together and, you know, and you do this record. I think it's great. I think it's great. And that's what I've always wanted to do. So for me, that's kind of what it was. So I kind of, okay, hey, can I get this person? No. This person's busy. No, this person will cost too much money. No, this person uh, don't know you and never responded. Okay, that that person, whatever the case may be. So I just kind of were reaching out to just different people. Yeah. Reaching out and whoever I could, you know, reach out to and, you know, hey, okay. And, you know, uh, George, um, you know, the head of Magic Ninja Entertainment, George, said, uh, okay, well, what about this person? And George would even throw some people out there. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, see about, you know, uh, okay, well, yeah, well, Whitney Payton do something. Okay, that'd be great, George. All right, everybody, man, nice. You know, so it just kind of went from there. And then it's, you know, uh, grew, you know, it grew. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm thankful for all the artists that were, you know, that got in on there with me. Uh, um, and it, it was just nice sitting in, in the studio and, you know, listening to, wow, man, I actually have another 11 years later, I'm about to release another album from my last soul, full-length solo, which was in 
2006. And I'm about to actually release another full-length solo album. Right. And then hearing all the different artists on there, uh, like I say, Whitney, Red, R.A. the Rugged Man on Sleeper Cell, and um, Lex the Hexmaster, Timo uh, uh, Ski, and uh, oh my God, just it, it, it was just like, this is awesome. This is awesome, man. This is this is really cool, you know. Just that, you know, uh, putting together this this record, it was really really cool. Sitting and, and you know tuning vocals and listening to all these different voices and their different stories that they have to say over the music, you know. And then me being able to do some of the production and then having. Uh, you know, other producers, you know, Dead Beats and um, Seven, uh, you know, those guys stepping in, you know, with some tracks and, and, and me getting some tracks from them and, and, and putting my story over their story, their musical their musical stories. So, and, and, and that's kind of what I liked about Digital Voodoo. It's just one of those albums, man. It's just everybody. I love the, you know, different voices and different, takes on where these people are going with their story, Trick Trick and Caniva and all right. these people, you know, it's just, it's, 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 it's a very, I always call it an eclectic piece right. because it's, it's kind of, it's no theme. It's just kind of all over the, it's, it, it's digital. And then some of those songs are just like, Oh my God, put that spell on you, that voodoo spell. <laughs> so that's why that was always my thought of digital voodoo. It was always that thought process, digital voodoo. It wasn't supposed to be a themed album or anything like that. Or It was just always digital. Everything was in that digital, you know, CDs way back then. Of course, at that time, when I thought of the title and all of that, there really was no huge, gigantic social media, um, you know, thing or or all these titles and crazy Apple Musics. And there wasn't a ton of that stuff going on. You know, there wasn't anything really going on like that. And Spotify's and all this stuff, there was none of that stuff, you know. but that was always my thought process for it. And and, and it, I love the way that it came out. I love the way it came out. And then I'm going to try <laughs> not to have another 10-year gap to when I'm like 80 years old to come out <laughs> with another solo album. So after the right. uh, Zodiac thing, I don't know what my plans will be, but I may start to kind of uh, dabble around with something solo you know, again, so I'll be ready next time for another solo, you know, not 10 years from now. So. <laughs> right. No, I'm glad you're back in the fold, man. And I think Digital Voodoo is actually one of the one of the greatest things that you've ever done in your career. I really enjoyed the album. Thank you. I say that, too. I tell people that, you know, people always say, oh, yeah, this album is the best I ever did. Next album. This album is the best album. <laughs> Next album. This is, because that's cliche. That's what you're supposed to do because you're growing. But for me, it is the best fucking thing I've ever done. Like, and I try to look at it from an outside view. So if I was looking at ROC and, you know, I was kind of looking at, yeah, he had fucking huge gaps in his career and this, that, that, this, and where he really didn't put out much, he really didn't do much. But 
this album he did all right on. This is not a, this is a pretty fucking cool record, dude. And that's kind of how I look at it. I try to look at it from an outsider's view. And for me, yeah, it's a pretty fucking cool record. I was very happy with it. I was very proud of it. And I have a lot of people tell me that. And I love the fact that they, man, I've heard your other shit. It's cool, but this is the best shit you've ever done. And it's like, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. You know, and it is. It's the best stuff I've ever put out. I'm like, this is cool. You know, so I'm I'm, I'm definitely itching to do something else new, a uh, new album uh, eventually, you know, to, uh, you know, push even further, you know, so. <clears throat> right. So, um. What's next for the ROC? I know you said you're working on the the uh, the imprint album, but you know, what's yes. next for you? Yes, doing the uh, right now. We're just for me working on Zodiac imprint. That's it. Working on Zodiac imprint, uh, and then when I'm not doing the Zodiac thing, just kind of again putting together trying to put together some beats and stuff like that. Put together some music and trying to hone my craft little bit uh so working on that and zodiac singing and then eventually try and get some uh um uh tracks uh together for another possible solo project or or for any you know other production that i may be doing for other people and things like that it's just going to be one of those things that i'm going to constantly be on top of it's just production aspect of things just trying to do production, trying to do production, do production. So that's kind of huge for me uh, right now. You know, that's kind of huge for me right now. So, yeah, just just steady grinding, steady grinding. Hopefully soon uh, getting ready to shoot another video for the album. Not quite sure really what I want to do right this second, but, uh, yeah, shoot another video. Not sure what song I want to do yet, but... um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jump back in, get into the video uh, process of uh, shooting another video for Digital Voodoo. And, um, yeah, 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 that's it, man. Just stay grinding. Stay grinding. That's what's up. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for uh, taking the time out to do this interview. Uh, I've, uh, you know, like I said before, man, I've been a fan of yours, you know, your whole career. Probably been listening to you for 22 years now. So it's been great to finally uh, chat with you. Ah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for, uh, you know, doing the interview. I, I, I truly appreciate it. It's nice to be back in the fold again. You know, it's <laughs> nice to be back, you know, uh, alive again, and people know that, hey, okay, so you're doing music again. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice, you know, to be back in that, in the fray of things. You know, it's nice to be back in the fray. So. Definitely. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, if anybody wants to, you know, check out your music or anything, get more information about anything, where can they find you online? Yes. Uh, you can find me at my website is IamTheROC.com. Um, and then you can find all the links to all my social media stuff, my Instagram, um, my uh, Twitter handle. All that stuff is IamTheROC. So all those you know, those things I just named and uh, different things like that. So you'll be able to find me on all my social media, Facebook, things like that. Also, you can run to the Magic Ninja uh, Entertainment website and, you know, you can find, you know, find me there. 
uh, things like that, all of my products, things like that. You can pick up everything at twistedshop.com. Um, uh, so you can get everything, all your ROC fixes there. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, man. Appreciate it. You're welcome, man. All right, man, have a good day, man. Thanks again for uh, chatting with me. Hey. All right, thanks. You too. Later. All right, later. So that was my interview with the ROC. Go pick up his new album, Digital Voodoo, via Magic Ninja Entertainment. It's dope. It is. Very dope. And now to the Fresh is the Word discussion portion of the show. And like always, I'm joined with my co-host, MMA and pro wrestling connoisseur, Detroit hip-hop artist, and proud Marine, V-Styles. What up, though? Hey, what up, though? What's good, Kelly? You all right? Man, I'm good. I'm good. You know, we're just uh, getting over the 4th of July weekend. Hearing there's still Man, there's still fireworks or maybe gunshots still going off right now. It's the 5th of July, 10 o'clock while we're recording this. Who's these idiots still doing that? That's called living in the city of Detroit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's really, it's really not a shocker. You know, whatever. Yeah. No, nah, not at all, man. It's I'm, not a shocker. Whatever. You know, there are things. There are things that you should never get used to. And we are special people. We, you know, we say shit like, "Oh, another day, number gunshots." Who says that? <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 Oh shoot. Okay. Go. Start things off. Uh, in the world of hip-hop, the big talk has been, you know, the release of the new Jay-Z album, 444. Um, yes. And, like, every time every time a big sort of hip-hop album comes out, everybody gets to be so extra about it and just... Oh, man. <laughs> Instead of enjoying it for what it's worth, yeah. everybody want to be trying to find secret codes and what does this mean and... He meant this by saying this and Right. Oh, man. You know, it's just like, why you want to overdo it instead of just enjoying it for what it's worth? I mean. Right. Yeah, I, I don't I don't get it, man. And, you know, to see the memes out, out here, well, since Jay-Z said, now y'all want to. And it's like, wow, really? You know what I'm saying? What, what, is, what is that shit all about, man? Motherfuckers need to grow up. And that's exactly what the fuck he's talking about on this album. Right. The growing the fight. They doing the exact opposite of what he's saying. Now, here it is. He ain't called nobody out except for, you know. I mean, he said a few names, but I think he, in general, when he made the comment about take the phone. I mean, take the money from your ear. That's just some immature shit. Like, and that shit is whack. And motherfuckers that really got bread. Don't do that shit. You know, Pablo was getting sixty million a day. You never seen him ever with a picture of money in his hand. Nah, man. You know, but somehow, <clears throat> but some, but somehow these these dudes out here they 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 get all offended and they get moist and you know they want to. He ain't running that over here. I seen some with little boozy. Um, I'm sitting up there like. Are you kidding, dog? Like, don't get me wrong, man. I know your story. We all know your story. You know, you you the, you the nigga that my nigga King Mo listened to. You know, they they was excited when you got out of jail. Well, I thought you'd grown up a little bit. That that comment alone, and to say stuff like that's a lovely day. Are you are you <laughs> kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me, man? 
you know, you're supposed to be setting an example. Then, you know, I've seen these other uh, black youngsters, whoever, you know, they putting money. I'm like, oh, y'all, y'all some idiots. Y'all some really stupid idiots. And then Future come out and, you know, his his feelings is, you know, he panties all in a bunch over crazy shit. And it's like, damn, well, he didn't diss you. He, he, what he said was, you know, he basically he couldn't imagine to see another nigga playing football with his son. That's what he's saying. To me, it ain't no distant future. But, you know, it's like you got feelings. Now, there were direct lines at Kanye. Right. You know, and we can we can pretty much figure that out. But I look at that future line as more, more of a, you know, it's just a metaphor. It just fits what he was saying, you know, and... I, I don't know, man, but basically, motherfuckers need to grow the fuck up, man. If you mad at this dude for telling you to take your drug money and buy your neighborhood up to to to, to help to wash your shit, you know, and again, I, I don't live no life like that, but he's telling you how to do good by it. I mean, there's no, there's really no good way of doing genocidal things, but if you want to if you want to, you know, take it and, 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 and do something good with it, okay. You know, it doesn't stop what you've done, but, okay, at least you're trying to maybe correct the situation in your own way. And I, I just don't understand, like, maturity, man. It's always the people. It's like, man, you a fucking bum. Shut up. Nobody, <laughs> he, he's not even, you know. And I, I, I looked at it. I mean, I listened to it, and... You know, I'm not even a J dude. I'm a Nas guy, man. And this is by far one of my favorite albums. Uh, maybe it's because I'm grown. And that's I don't a, know. Maybe that's that. the thing. You bring up Nas. Say, and the thing is with the, um, the whole dialogue with this new Jay-Z album is that, 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 is that so many people, especially like the, the music media, whether they're just trying to make up stuff or writing purposes or they have generally just been ignoring it they're acting like this is the first grown-up album in hip-hop when it's oh not. my god dude dude <laughs> dude that that is that dude, <laughs> dude. You, you're talking about you can go back look i can name grown-up albums to me when we were coming up right and they still it's people i can see on smooth all of, two albums. All of, well, of Pete Rock, anything, Pete Rock and CL Smooth was grown up music. Period. Point right. blank. How do, how, do, how do you not realize that that's. And yeah, and that bothers me too. Like, okay, now that does bug me a bit. It's like, you know, okay, now we finally talking about, you know, I seen an article today, um, and, and, and I reposted it about. Hip hop shouldn't have no age limit. How long we been talking about that shit? We've been talking about that forever. Be... Ever. Now ever. Now now since Jay is the oldest hip hop artist of all time to go platinum this quick. Um now people wanna have this discussion. Chicken. Now people wanna have this discussion about uh about yeah. age and whatnot, man. You know. We've been saying this forever. <laughs> how rock music doesn't have to, uh, you know, doesn't you don't have, have to. You don't have to adhere to the same rules that we do. Right. We've been and... saying this forever, and now 
2017, Jay-Z puts out an album, and now people want to have this discussion? When people have been yeah. putting out grown... Dude, Nas has been putting out grown-ass albums for a long time. And, long I, and I hate time. to even give myself props on this, but if you go back and you listen to Jim Brown in The Hook, Bumpy says, yeah. grown man rap, you know, still in the streets. Closed hand slaps, filling the beats of Jim Brown. So we've been doing grown man music a long time. KRS One to me does grown man music. Um, yeah, what was see, what uh, was what was so young in whatever young means about KRS One? He was always grown. That was grown music, man. Grown Chuck D, Public Enemy. That was grown man rap. You know, it. it, it Chuck D I was a grown understand. man when he started, like, rapping. <laughs> he, he was never a... I got a letter okay. from the government the other day. All that type. Grown man fight the power. All that is grown... Grown man music. That's not young... You know? That's grown music, man. Grown up stuff, man. And that, 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 was one, that was one of the dialogues in this new Jay-Z... Around this new Jay-Z album that was really bothering me. I'm like... Uh, uh, Okay, so okay, okay. When it comes to the Jay Z album, this isn't like an an album for the club. It was very, it was very uh, conversational. It was very smart type of album. It was a smart type. Of, <laughs> it was a very intelligent, smart type of album. Uh, it wasn't full of eight oh eights and stuff like that. The production was more soulful. No ID did all the production, which was cool that he's in this position to do something like that. Um, but wait, 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 wait. Let's give props to my man Dion from Chicago. My man, No ID, dude. Now, if you know anything, if you know anything about No ID, I was introduced to No ID on Common's first album, "Can I Borrow a Dollar?" And that's still one of my favorite. You talking about favorite albums, man? Sold by the Pound remix. Um, two scoops. Uh, uh, take it easy. I'm talking about like no ID did some records, man, and to see him. I still have no ID's the, uh, album from back in. Uh, I'm looking at it right now dude, on vinyl. His that uh, shit was so. It came on relativity. That shit yeah. was so underrated. And it was My called. Shit on there was uh. And it was called the album was called Accept Your Own and Be Yourself. And be yourself. Look, that's um, grown it, it, as hell. It, it, it's look, I can't think of the fucking record name of the record on there, but it's a record on there that I'm like, wow, that shit is still it's just dope. You know, no ID been cold a long time. So right. congrats to him on his success and his new uh I think he got a gig at Capitol or something like that. Yeah. Um, but but congrats to him on finally getting the love that, you know, he he deserves, man. You know, when you listen to Kanye, you hear a little no ID. You know, every producer from Chicago, you hear a little no ID in them. You know right. what I'm saying? So right, right, like, yeah. I, I'm I'm happy for that dude, man. But yeah, they they made a a, a great balance project. Um, like you said, what no, what no, what no move something on there, what no dance and shit, but. My type of album, man. I need shit that when I'm driving, I'm be like, wait a minute, what did he say? Let me rewind that. Right. When you got rewindable stuff, you know, 
and like I said, I'm not even a Jay dude. I, I'm a Nas fan, but I recognize it enough to where, you know, he's 47 years old, and I mean, you talking about reasonable doubt, right? Um, the Volume Two, Blueprint, um, the Black Album. This album ranks somewhere in there with those albums. You know what? And, you know what I, and, you know what I liked about Jay Z on this album? It was he was being lyrical, but not like super lyrical in a in a. He wasn't over the top. Over the top. He 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 wanted he wanted everybody to hear the actual words that he was saying. He was being very conversational and direct. Yeah. It was like mm-hmm. he was talking to us instead of trying to be rapidy rap, you know, MC whatever, you know. He did that on other albums, you know. This one he was being very. But he was consistent. He was consistent throughout the whole. It was cohesive. It all. You know, different, but it was all, it, it all was the same, you know, way in a sense. So, yeah, man, I, I I don't get why people mad, man. It's like, are y'all dumb? Like, y'all dumb. Y'all mad at this dude. The, the memes I've seen out there is just like, wow, y'all stupid. Y'all, like, we got like a lot of stupid followers, bro. I mean, they, they probably nah. they probably want they they probably wanted a ton of 808s on that album. I mean, then that they would be happy with that. 808s, mm-hmm. 808s, man, 808s. <laughs> so, so you silly. Somewhere Kanye in the car crying. <laughs> no, okay. No, no, another thing was like uh, earlier today. I I was kind of going through like the new releases section on Spotify for hip hop. And it was crazy, mm-hmm. like, all this stuff sounded the same, you know. Either guys were rapping in a certain way, or they're doing that, like, auto tune singy-singy stuff. And even, like, Young Thug, he was he was singing on his, on his new album, and he sounds like a sick cow. But, and it's really weird, like, how, like, all these albums, all these songs and stuff like that, they have all the same basics. I'm like, how, how do people just... Want to listen to this shit over and over again? Hear the same thing over from all these people? It's just bad, man. It, it, it's it's horrible. Um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't even be so, mad from the from a lyrical standpoint from a lot of these guys, is if like from a production level, from the musical level, if there was like more diversity and everything. But literally, everything's the same thing. Same eight oh eight. Same like rolling hi-hats and shit like that, same bass hits, and I'm just like, dude, this is like, every fucking song, man, is like the same shit, dog. I'm like, y'all really get nuts about that? Oh, fucking bad, man. But no, I did, okay, I'm, I'm gonna really, I'm gonna fess up about this. I've been really sleeping on this dude, man, and I've been really, he's he's been around for a while, and I, he put out a really dope album this year, and that is Grand Rapids' own Willie the Kid. And I know he was on. You did a track with him, man. He he was on one yeah, of your tracks. Yeah, dog. You know what? I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna have to listen to that, man. I fucks with Willie, man. Shout out to Willie the Kid, man. Dude, he um, came out. He has his album. Grand Rapids now. Yeah, he has his album came out uh, a few months ago called Deutschmarks. Man, okay. Okay. This is this is only like ten tracks. It clocks in at like twenty seven minutes, so it's very considerate of my time. And it's really dope. And I'm just like, holy crap, this is incredible. I really enjoy it, man. It's like everything that I like about 
hip hop, you know, and I was just like, and it's none of that other crap that I was listening, like hearing from the rest of these cats. And I even went back a couple years back to 2015 and listened to his album that he did with Alchemist, and that shit was cold, man. Shit, like I've been sleeping on this dude, man, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm awake now. I, I'm, a, I'm a William Kid fan, you know. Grand Rapids Zone, hell yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah, he's a cool dude. He a cool dude too, man. And uh, it's crazy, man. You know, being in Michigan, people assume that you know everybody and. I, did, I met him through Moss when we were working on Moss's um, uh, project, man. And yeah. uh, he's a cool dude, man. I fucks with Willie. I was a fan um, before, you know, I knew him, you know, and I'm even more of a bigger fan, you know, ha- having, you know, some work with him. So, yeah, shouts to him. I'm definitely going to check that project out, man. I'm going to support that. And uh, yeah, see what that shit is all about, man. I'm, uh, you know, I'm motivated by a lot of the things that I've seen lately when it comes to this music thing. Um, as an artist, man, you know, you like, man. I mean, sometimes you just, I'm tired of doing this, man. You know, but for those that really love it, yeah. even if you're tired, even if you're tired. You, you sometimes you need to find motivation and I'm I've been motivated um lately by you know the stuff like the new Jay Z project and you know this hearing some real shit man and it's never too late. I'm an OG and you know my new album is pretty dope and I can't you know it shit like this has made it easier for me to present my shit and I'm I'm gonna present it in in a real dope way, man. So yeah, hip hop's not dead, man. You just don't know where to find it, you know. <laughs> try try searching, try try getting off the radio and digging for it. You always gotta dig in a crate for it. Man, definitely, 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 definitely gotta dig these days, man. But it's out there. There's good Indeed. stuff. There's good stuff out there. All right, switching topics to something that I mentioned to you uh, this past weekend. I was like, we gotta talk about it because I am. Because I, I saw the sort of backlash in regards to it. And you had something different to say about it. It was in regards to yeah, the Manny yeah, Pacquiao. But, but, uh, but, but, go ahead, I'm going to let you finish. But but <laughs> but did you did you go back and, and reread my statements after that? No, I didn't. So, okay, you're going okay, to have to like, explain everything. Because I saw, I saw your one statement in regards to the, the Manny Pacquiao right. uh, fight this, uh, this past weekend. Uh, he he uh, loses this fight to this guy that... I saw okay. I saw all the, the the Facebook messages and the tweets before the fight, and everybody's like, "Who is this guy? He's going against." I've never heard of, heard of this guy. And then later on, he's like, "This guy beat Manny Pacquiao," and we think it's a travesty. And people and they're saying there's corruption, and people are getting heated over it. And there's also and I'm like, "Oh look, boxing's being boxing again." And there's been so much good boxing lately, and I'm like, oh my god, what's going on here? Okay. You know, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna break this shit down. All right, break it down. Day. Like, what's going on with this, man? What is going on with this? I'm I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna break it down so it can't be to where it, it don't need to be broke no more. So listen, okay, the first eight rounds, I literally had to fight even. It okay. could have went either way. You know, and it wasn't necessarily. 
Like, people are like, well, Pac-Man threw a zillion more punches than this dude. And, okay, let me explain something to, you know, the audience out here. Rounds are not won on how many punches or how many strikes or how many things you, you know, you landed. Rounds are, you know, well, they, there is, but they don't use punch stats. You know, you win rounds based on the cleaner punches and uh, the output. And, you know, sometimes, you know, people look at the aggressive nature. If you're the aggressive fighter, you know, they look at that to see that, you know, you're controlling the round. Um, it's a lot of things that they look at. Sometimes punch that to give a false assurance to, to people who really don't get it. And you don't win by how many punches you throw or, and or land. You win according to one if you won that round or not, man. So um, throwing that out the window. I think the eighth round, I mean, excuse me, I think one through eight was even. I fell asleep <laughs> during the eighth. I fell asleep after the eighth round. So when I when I woke up in the morning, um, I seen Pac-Man lost the fight. In my mind, I'm only going off one through eight. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, you know, he lost the fight because he lost the fight. Right. I judge it based off one, one through eight. After I revisited nine through twelve, that man got robbed. Um, <laughs> he got, and I came back and I changed, you know, my my statement on Twitter. I said I stand corrected. Corrected. Pac-Man did get robbed, and you know he almost knocked dude out in the ninth round. Okay. The referee came to my my man's corner, and was like, "Look, you got to do something. I'm gonna have to stop the fight." Da da da. I mean. I didn't see anything he did. I mean, he hung in there, you know, showed great heart. But I don't see anything he did after the eighth round that could have won him that fight. Okay. So Pac-Man did win that fight, in my opinion, after. And, again, I'm not even a Pac-Man dude. I always got to say this shit. I'm not, you know, I remember the Pac-Man before he blew up, you know, again, I was always, he was also, I mean, just in my opinion, not to shit on him, but I always felt like that when he started moving up in weight and knocking dudes out that was naturally bigger than him, always felt like performance enhancing was, <laughs> you know, somewhat involved. And then with the fight uh, getting closer and closer with Mayweather, you know, when Floyd started talking about it, you know, it takes a, takes a minute to flush all of that shit out of your system, man. Yeah. Pac-Man, Pac-Man has not looked like Pac-Man since come to the forefront in boxing. Right. Um, we can't really remember the last knockout he had. Um, Pac-Man don't look like the Pac-Man that was just destroying people. He looks like you know, like he's lost a step or two. And, again, we, he's never tested positive, but, you know, I know dudes that do that crazy stuff and, and they don't test positive, you know. So it's like, wow, you know, it, it's just really crazy that uh, he don't look like the same fighter. But in saying that negative shit, 
he still didn't lose that fight. He looked like Pac-Man in that ninth round. I mean, he looked like the Pac-Man that was, you know, I'm like, damn, when is he going to turn into Pac-Man? When is he going to flip that switch? He flipped switch in the ninth round. Right. And I was like, ooh, I'm, he beat the brakes <laughs> off him. And, you know, um, it, there's no way old boy won that fight, man. And for him to want to call out Floyd Mayweather afterward, I'm like, man, sit your dumb ass <laughs> down. Talking about you want to I'm like, dog, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Are you, you really... You gotta be a fucking clown to like really? Is this what we doing? You doing this? You're not doing this, son. You're not doing it. And sure enough, he was like, "Either you want that gloves or you want that cane." I'm like, "Dude, you didn't even beat Pac-Man, but yeah, you go call this dude." Oh man, shame on you. Shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, but in in 2017, where you know boxing's having a good year with fights, how does shit like this still happen? Um, you know, sometimes, I mean, some people looked at that as a hometown rivalry. Uh, some people, uh, you know, that fight, to be honest with you, like I said, through the first eight rounds, it's pretty hard to score. So, you know, it really depends on how they're scoring the fight and what they're looking at. Right, and I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you what they're looking at, but it it feels like it feels like corruption because a blind man could see that he wasn't winning that fight after uh, after you know certain rounds. You know, after the ninth round, it was like no fucking way is he winning this fight. And again, I don't even rock with Pac Man like that, but I don't feel like he lost that fight. So yeah, it, it, it's sad. Hopefully. You know, hopefully Pac-Man gets another shot at him, and you know they 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 redo that, and he'll right that wrong. But yeah, he definitely, in my opinion, didn't um, he didn't he didn't lose that fight. You know, I think they it was more so, you know, whether you want to say corruption or whatever the fuck's going on, man. But yeah, he he definitely got robbed, in my opinion. Yeah, two of the I mean, two of the ju- yeah, two of the ju- judges scored at you know one fifteen to one thirteen. I guess that could be you know, you know, depending on how they did those first eight rounds. You know, that's possible. I see. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't. I, and and that's kind of kind of how you got to look at because it, it was close. But I just don't see how you give him anything past the ninth round. Oh, past the eighth round. And that's the thing. The other judge who scored at 117 to 111 g- gave the eighth and uh, ninth round to Pacquiao, but then gave the 10th, 11th, and 12th round to Horn. Nah, I, I don't see it. I think the momentum completely changed, and the kid just was happy he still was standing. And I think Pat Man landed the cleaner punches uh, 9 through 12. And. Got the short end of the stick. Crazy. I just, you know, my my, my opinion, and uh, again, I don't even rock with Pac-Man like that. I think he's a cheater, even though I can't prove it. <laughs> um, um, but he didn't lose that fight. It, it was definitely uh, taken away from him. And hopefully he gets a chance to, you know, redeem himself, man, or, you know, right that wrong. Because he definitely won that fight, in my opinion. 
Crazy, man. Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, man. Going yep. to the world of professional wrestling this weekend coming up is the Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view headlined by the universal title match between Brock Lesnar and our boy Samoa Joe. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty geeked for this, man. Like uh their little uh split screen segment on Monday uh was was kind of cool, man. I'm 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 ready. I li- I like Joe's intensity about shit. Uh um I'm about to be mad at the WWE. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you why. Why? They doing they doing everything right by Samoa Joe. Except when it comes to this pay per view on Sunday, he's not gonna win this 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 title. If he does win this title, um, I'm gonna be super happy. I might break bands, and I haven't, I haven't break bands. I haven't done a windmill in a long time. Yeah, Lando <laughs> still got B-Boy skills. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> Word up. Right. <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't know if they go do right by Samoa Joe, man. And for us hardcore fans, man, who know those in the know, we want to see Samoa Joe win. And I just don't think that they're going to allow it because they're already planning Brock Lesnar's next feud. So, um, I love the intensity. I love everything they're doing. Let's hope that, you know, hypothetically, Joe don't win, that his performance makes them put him in a triple threat match in SummerSlam against uh, Braun Strowman uh, or Roman Reigns or however the fuck that shit's going to go, man. But I'm tired of seeing the same thing, man. And, I wouldn't mind seeing the belt on on Braun Strowman. He reminds me of a Mortal Mortal Kombat character. Man, I love Braun I'm Strowman. I'm not finished with you. <laughs> Get over here. <laughs> you know, I, I like that shit. Braun Strowman mm-hmm. is so good, man. I I love I I just love everything, man. With Braun Strowman, he just comes out of nowhere and just. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I fuck. Yeah, I, 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 I fuck your mom. <laughs> oh, he, yeah, yeah. Give him the give him the universal title, man. I wouldn't mind mind that one bit. <laughs> dude, did you? Um, I think fans think fans ahead. will will get behind that dude. Oh, dude, they 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 totally love Braun Strowman, man. And if he was the universal champion, a lot of people would be totally happy with that, including me. But I also want to see mm-hmm. Samoa Joe with it too, man. Give Samoa Joe like, give him a belt, man. He won. That that that's how I look at it, man. Samoa Joe has been like through so much, being uh, part of the whole uh, you know TNA thing for years and Ring of Honor, and he's been everywhere and. Like, he's finally on the main roster in WWE, and he's one of the most liked characters in WWE right now. Everybody loves the... He's, he's one of the heels that you love, man. So, it's like, give him, give him the strap, dude. I, I wouldn't, Samoa Joe, Universal Champion, I'll be cool with that. Word. Word. <laughs> Real. Yo, did you, uh, did you see that... That match from this weekend 
at uh, Impact Wrestling Slammiversary that involved Scott Steiner? Yeah, I kind of like you talking about. You talking about with the announcers, right? Yeah. I didn't see the ending, <laughs> but I, I seen a little bit of Matthews, and you know what was up with that, dude. <laughs> they've been like it all kind of started like a while back uh, where Jeremy Borash, who Jeremy Borash was a whole was a part of the whole like. Uh, Hardy boy angle and stuff and helped with all that creatively. Um, but, um, it was like Jeremy Borash and, uh, and, uh, whatever Matthews, like he, them two like started like having a feud within like impact wrestling. And, and it's, it's kind of funny because everybody hates Josh Matthews as a, uh, an announcer. He's so annoying. Nobody likes him as an announcer in all of like, wrestling like and they were having this like feud on everything and i haven't really been following like weekly what's going on but somehow somehow abyss got a part of it and then somehow scott steiner got a part of this whole thing but this like match was so hilarious because uh scott steiner was just calling everybody fat asses the whole time (laughs) <laughs> like, oh that's what he was doing <laughs> yeah. the whole time no because because they somehow like because they they filmed part of it beforehand when they left their arena and they got into this golf cart and started and followed borash and abyss to the to this pool but abyss wasn't abyss he was whatever his real name was and mm-hmm. and then Scott Steiner and Josh Matthews like follow them in his golf cart, but the whole time like uh, Scott Steiner is just calling them fat asses. Like he's he called like them fat asses probably about twenty five times. Like like get over here, you fat asses. Blah, blah blah. It was so hilarious. And then do you remember James Vandenberg from uh, WCW? Yeah. Well, in Impact, his name was his name was like Father John something whatever. But he came back a part of this segment and brought back the abyss mask and his stuff and abyss returned as abyss for the end. And it was just weird, man. It was just, it was, it was absurdity, but it was absurdity at its finest. I, I really enjoyed it. And actually, actually that whole like impact, like, well, it's global force wrestling impact slammiversary. Like that whole like sort of pay per view was actually quite enjoyable, like. Mm-hmm. I, it was, it was, but that that segment was that segment was actually like absurd, like wrestling absurdity at its finest. And what was also dope about it was the the media stuff that Scott Steiner was doing beforehand was just as absurd. Like he um he had this whole like um conference call with um a bunch of people from different media outlets and stuff wrestling websites and stuff and they they gave him all a list of topics that he would talk about and like a couple of the topics were like freaks around the world and uh <laughs> and like waffle houses and shit like that so uh <laughs> someone asked him about the freaks around the world and he said that back in like 1998-99 that he slept with 15,000 women in one year i read i read that shit somewhere man i'm like man for real that That's would the, mean 41 I mean, women a day 41 women a day on average that would be i mean <laughs> I, I fucked with Scott, I fuck with Scott, Scott Steiner. 
Um, but and he and he he rocks them that that beige and blue and right. You know, I rocks with him. I rocks with him to the to the tenth power and all that. But come on, son. <laughs> come on, man. No, he's so absurd. No, he like his absurdity during this whole thing was actually the the funny thing with Scott Steiner is if if you as wrestling how or- is he even involved in this match? That's what. What's tripping me? Like, dang, well, how? I wasn't. How did that I was I haven't been watching Impact weekly on a weekly basis to know how that happened, but they brought him back into the fold, you know, months ago, and and everybody's like, why is Scott Steiner in Impact Wrestling? Whose idea was to hire him? And the funny thing is, with a guy like Scott Scott Steiner, if you as a wrestling organization can sort of contain, like, contain his craziness. It's actually really enjoyable. Like, if you can get him to actually, if you can keep him in some sort of boundaries of his insanity. Now, I, fuck, I, I fucks with Scott. <laughs> I fucks with the big bad booty daddy. But I'm just saying, like, you know, I'm a Scott Steiner fan. So to see him now. As compared to when we right. were seeing him in his prime, it hurts a little bit, man, because you want to remember your guy as that, like, that's your guy. You want to remember the big, bad, booty daddy as he was and nothing else. And this is, but you I, know, yeah, this, I, this, I, this not the same dude that, you know, He's just a different dude now, man. And I think with all this though, I think with all this though, is that Impact is trying to like hit hit goal, have another strike of lightning, just like the Hardy Boys thing with the broken Matt Hardy thing, like do like something else absurd. And and to be honest with you, I think with Impact, if this is this is like my three tier system of how Impact can continue to be unique. If they keep the main the main stuff absurd to a certain extent, if they keep the X division stuff competitive, and if they keep the women the knockouts um, also competitive, but push the boundaries on what women in the industry can do. I mean, doing like just doing stuff that WWE won't do with the women. Then I think mm-hmm. I think Impact can be a really unique product. It's just sometimes they try to like do serious things with the wrong people and then do absurd things with the wrong people. If they can just get the right people to do the absurd things and then the right people to do the serious competitive things, then I think like impact can be a really unique product. I think, you know, for for the longest time I always felt like their X division was was straight and it still is. They still have good X division guys. Uh, right now, Loki mm-hmm. and um, um, Loki, I believe, is the champion. He just, I think, he just um, won the belt from um, um, what's his name, uh, Sanjay Dutt. And I'm glad Sanjay Dutt is right, part right. of it all. And then Impact was all in Impact TNA was always good, more or less, with the women. The women always kind of pushed the boundaries more. Um, than what they were doing while WWE was doing was still doing a lot of the TNA tits and ass type shit, you know, not, you know, not so long ago, uh, impact was actually having very competitive and very interesting 
gimmicks I agree. with their I agree women with that. for a long time. And, um, you know, one of their top stars who was, you know, um, Gail Kim, she just announced that after uh, this year she's going to be retiring from wrestling. And she's someone who had a yeah she had a she had a run in WWE, but it wasn't like the, they didn't know how to use her and everything. But she went over to TNA and was actually one of the best talents that they ever had, and was able to do something good with her. And even her, I think even her later years, these past couple of years, have been the best run of her of her career. And she's and and she's almost like epitome of what they've been able to do with the the women's division over there. And and, th- and right now they have a really cool women's division with that's kind of centered around. Um, there's four wrestlers that's kind of centered around right now, and it's Allie, um, Rosemary, uh, Laurel, Laurel Van Ness, and um, Sienna. Um, and it's re- really Laurel Van Ness. Is, okay, just to like, just as like a recap of the past six months. Uh, before Mike and Maria Canellas, who are now in WWE, uh, they were in TNA, and Maria was uh, had this whole thing where she cooked up a wedding for Laurel Van Ness and uh, Braxton Sutter, which was was eventually interrupted when Braxton Sutter was like, "No, I'm not marrying you because he's in love with Allie." And I love Allie; she's an she's an awesome person she's uh on she's she was on the indies for a while as um cherry bomb i think that's her name that was her name on the indies but she's an awesome her 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 gimmick and her personality is awesome but when this wedding went awry like every wrestling wedding mostly goes awry um mm-hmm. laurel van ness's character turned into this hot mess where she's drinking champagne all the time where she her her makeup is always running because she's crying and she does nothing but wrestle in her wedding dress still and it's one of the funny it's one of the most on point gimmicks I've seen of absurdity and craziness but that is also really well done in a while so I really enjoy the uh, the knockouts women division right now in T- in, in Impact Wrestling and I think it's just going to continue to go to. Uh, to uh, go on, and Laurel Van Ness, whose uh, real name is uh, Chelsea uh, Chelsea Green, and I think she's dating Zack Ryder right now. Um, okay. She's only been a wrestler for a few years, and she's and like she said, like on Twitter, a year ago this time she was at Impact Wrestling as a fan, watching it from the audience, and now she's like one of the main characters in the women's division and she's been able to own this hot mess of a scorned bride gimmick like so well and i'm like i'm i'm like i have my hats off to her she is she's like quickly become one of like one of my favorites in just women's wrestling period that's dope you know it is is going to show you when you want something hard enough man there's no limit that you will go to get it so Salute to her on that, and uh, yeah, that's uh, real shit, man. Real shit. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Okay, this weekend in the world of MMA is uh, International Fight Week, so there's a couple uh, UFC events going on, a bunch of fights, but uh, some of the stuff that kind of, uh, you know, sticks out is um, we see the 
the UFC debut of uh, Justin Gaethje. He was one of the, the main champions over at the World Series of Fighting. He's going against Michael Johnson uh, this Friday. It'll be the Ultimate Fighter finale. Um, Justin Gaethje, he just basically like, yo, put anybody in, in front of me. I will kill them. I will send them to the morgue. He is ready to kill somebody, you know. Who do you, what do you think is going to – do you have any thoughts about this fight coming up? Well, I know Justin was a World Series uh, a fighting uh, champion. Yeah. Um, but he has a tough task ahead of him. Michael Johnson is not a joke. Right. Um, he's the type of fighter. Um, I've watched him uh, since I've, you know, learned about him, you know, through the UFC, you know, back when he was uh, uh, on uh, – what they call it? What, 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 what's the UFC's Howard uh, Show? The um, oh, the uh, what? The Ultimate Fighter. The Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. So that's why I came up on Michael Johnson, and uh, I watched him grow as a fighter. Uh, isn't he the last man to beat Tony Ferguson? I think so. Yeah. And he's the last dude to beat Tony Ferguson. And Tony, Tony Ferguson is a monster. So, um, and that Tony Ferguson is from Michigan. So, you know, you <laughs> expect that. But, um, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, that was the last, yeah. That was the last person to I, beat, uh, Tony Ferguson back in, uh, May of 2002 or 2012. Yeah. And that's when I, and that's when I knew Michael Johnson, you know, he has all the tools because, you know, he's lost some fights, you know, but when you beat a dude like, you know, Ferguson, Ferguson is, is legit. He's a monster. So, um, yeah, uh, it's going to be a tough fight for Justin. And I'll say this. Anytime you leave an organization to come to a new organization, it's legitimate going to be involved because, uh, I mean, even though, you know, I look at shit for what it's worth, uh, the UFC is the UFC. So it's a, the brand itself might, you know, it's like when people go over to Bellator and, you know, UFC fighters go over to Bellator and they think it's going to be an easy cake. And they find that it ain't no easy cake. You lose real quick because, you, you know, it's just new for you. So I'm going to take Michael Johnson. All right. You know, um, I'm gonna take Michael Johnson in that fight. Uh, I just think, I think he's, you know, he's a veteran, and I think Justin is gonna. I mean, if Justin wins, uh, you know, hey, hats to him, hats off to him. But I'm just taking a dude that has done it in the UFC, you know, with that type of uh, environment with their elite fighters. Right, right, right. And uh, the next night is uh, UFC 213, headlined by the Women's Bandweight Championship uh, bout between the champion, Amanda Nunes, versus the number one contender, Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, what's your thoughts about this one? Um, I kind of want to see old girl win. Uh, Shevchenko? The, the, yeah, I want to see her win. Um. 
don't get me wrong. I respect um, Nunez as far as you know, champion and beat Ronda Rousey and yeah, you know. But but I was never really impressed with Ronda Rousey. So you know, you just did what I had always said could have been done. You just were, were the one. Well, you weren't the first one to do it, but you ran. You caught you caught her at the right time, especially. You know, after Ronda losing the way she lost to Holly Holm, you called, like, timing was everything. So, yeah, you know, I, I, you can't take a, a victory away from her, but um, she is, you know, a proud lesbian, proud, you know, gay fighter. Um, I don't see anything wrong with her personal lifestyle because I don't watch her lifestyle watcher because she's a fighter but in today's day and age it's super sad when you don't see the promotion get behind her and you wonder if that's the reason why right uh because she's got she's literally got no press she hasn't gotten you know when you go back to when Ronda Rousey was fighting, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing the Ronda Rousey ad. Here it is. This is a, this is the UFC champion, you know, in, in the 135-pound division. And you don't even know that she's fighting this weekend, man. That's, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah, and it's finally Pretty like, and it's up. finally for the first time, like this past week is the first time. And every, anytime I see like, uh, sort of uh, videos for uh, two thirteen on uh, Twitter or Facebook. This is the first time that you're actually seeing footage of her beating the brakes off of Ronda Rousey. Like this was that was not a luxury that Holly Holm got for any of her fights. To see the footage of her beating Ronda Rousey in the hype of for her fights, like it wasn't until this past week, whatever changed. I think I don't know if it was just like UFC was like, okay, Ronda Rousey's finally in the past, so we'll finally let the people who beat Ronda Rousey, you know, have that footage a part of the promotion for their fights. But it was it, up until like maybe a week ago, you never saw any of that footage as a part of their promotional packages. Yeah, real shit. It, 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 it's pretty sickening, man. Pretty sickening, man. I don't like... I, 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 don't, I just don't think that's right. No, I don't no. think it's right. And again, I'm not accusing the UFC, but I haven't seen anything that will make me really think different about what I've said. So um, good luck to her in her fight this weekend. Um, if she wins, good for her, you know, but, uh, I, I bet you if that belt comes off of her, we'll see, we'll have a different outlook on UFC. UFC will be, will, will be promoting, uh, that new chick and she got good hands. I, I, I like her striking. Right. Um, and the thing is with her uh, past her... couple, uh, in her past couple of fights that she's, she's, uh, brought out other weapons. Like she beat, uh, uh, Julian Pena, uh, you know, with an armbar submission, that was something you never saw from uh, uh, Shevchenko before. Uh, she was, you know, mainly a striker. So it seems like she's bringing out more weapons with each fight recent, uh, over the past couple fights. So, you know, I think that, um, you know, Shevchenko definitely has 
uh, a good chance of, you know, winning this fight. So I think, you know, she's a lot more deadlier than the last time that she went against Amanda Nunes and lost back in uh, at UFC uh, 196. So I think this is going to be a different fight than the last time. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. Um, I'm picking her to I'm picking her to win, man. I'm picking her to win. I think I just think uh, you know it might be her time right now, man. The time is everything. I, I'm I'm looking at I'm I'm seeing articles that Amanda's talking about having kids, you know, and yeah, it just uh, UFC don't. Just in my opinion, I don't I don't think they. You know, I did, I think they thought that Ronda was going to run straight through her. And, uh, you know, it didn't happen like that. So <laughs> let's see what's going to happen. You know, let's see what's going to happen. But I bet you if uh pronounced old girl name again, I, uh, I don't want to fuck it up. <laughs> Shevchenko. Valentina Shevchenko. Yeah. I'll call her Valentina. <laughs> Valentina. Um, she wins. They'll promote her differently because you know she she's kind of hot. Uh, and I want to see her do it. And I want to see her do her victory dance again. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So I'm taking her. Um, and I never go against American Top Team um, people, but I just think uh, you know it's a lot of shit going on with the 135 division, man. Since Ronda ain't been there, man, like where's the snap, crackle, and pop at? Where is the excitement at, man? You know, um, let's see what's going to happen on Sunday, but I'm, I'm picking I'm picking the challenger. Word up, word up, word up. All right, that's about it for this week's uh, Fresh of the Word podcast. V-Styles, tell them where they can find you online. Oh, you can find your man at uh, V-Styles. That's uh, forward slash the V-S-T-Y-L-E-Z on Instagram. Twitter and my regular page on Facebook. You can hit me at my verified page on Facebook uh, at uh, Official V Styles. That's common spelling of Official V Styles with the V S T Y L E Z. Uh, hit me up. Let's 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 chop it up, man. If there's anything you wanna holler at me about, I'm here. Kill the ignorance. That's what I'm all about. You come at me wrong, I'm gonna give it to you. yes 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 thanks for listening goodbye and good night salute and peace fresh is the word